I'm getting some feedback. Would you mind just muting everything except for me this morning? What is it? Oh, tuna pedal? Yep, which one? Oh, the one says tuner. Boom. I can read. Sometimes. Well, just want to welcome everybody this morning. You guys know connection cards, giving are online, as well as here, if you're in the building, connection cards are the blue cards that are on the tables next to you or on the table in front of you. At the end of today's talk, we will walk through the connection card, and we're going to use the connection card today to close out the message. Uh, we're going to practice something that I think would be, uh, can, can be healthy and important for us this morning. So we'll do that, and then you can give. There's generosity envelopes in the back, or you can also give uh, primarily online at vinetrustville.com. Just a couple of announcements. We do have a youth event coming up this Friday. So this Friday night, we're going to have some fun. Uh, the, the plan has adjusted a little bit because someone else had a great idea. So we're going to be playing glow-in-the-dark uh, wiffle ball on Friday. So it's going to be pretty awesome. You should come if you're a youth. If you're not a youth, you should not come because you're not a youth. Unless you're an adult and you want to start volunteering with the youth, then by all means, we would love to have you join us as well. Uh, but that's this Friday. Also, next Sunday, we're doing graduation Sunday, so we're going to be honoring our graduates next Sunday, although we're not doing what we did last year, specifically. Uh, I thought what we did last year was a lot of fun, but we included one thing that was a not the greatest idea. I understand, but I'm literally on stage. I don't know how I can go help mom right now. <laughs> Caleb, can you go? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Caleb, Caleb can get it. He knows how it all works. <laughs> Ethan's in the back. Mom needs you. Like, what? Uh, all right. Tag. Someone else jump up here. I'm going to go. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do right now. What was I saying? Yes, graduation Sunday is next, is, uh, next Sunday. And we are not doing confetti cannons. All right? But we're doing all kinds of other good stuff. There will be other surprises this year to honor our graduates. But uh, clean up last year from that. Uh, and someone in the family probably mentioned that it was going to be a bad idea. I don't remember exactly who, but uh, I did tell Brooke that was a bad idea. But we, anyways, it'll be fun next week. So we're going to be honoring our graduates. It'll be a fun time. Uh, last thing, obviously we're doing lots of construction around here. As you walked up today, you could see the building is a different color uh, outside than it used to be. There's no more red brick. It is now different colors, and they're continuing to paint that. But Along uh, with all the construction and everything, one of the things that we've been doing uh, that I don't even think I've really talked about from the stage yet is we've been compiling uh, a library in this room over here. So this is our prayer room. So we have bookshelves in there, and we're currently working on it still. But uh, Chase, who was a pastor for a number of years full-time, and myself, we've accumulated all kinds of books. So we're putting all of our books in here, and those are free game for anyone at any time. You can go and grab a book. And you can read it, and we just ask that you bring it back. It's the honor system. We're not checking in and checking out. There's not going to be any library fees if you're overdue, all right, or anything. Uh, but those are just for you uh, to go and read. If you're dealing with any specific thing, you want to dive deeper into something, uh, you, by all means, go in this room before and after service and pick from those books. Along with that, uh, just a little bit of qualification. There's going to be in the next, probably, hopefully by next Sunday, if not, then by the next Sunday, uh, there's going to be one whole bookshelf that is what we call recommended reading. You know, there's all kinds of books written by all kinds of authors that are in there over the years. And, you know, we, whenever you read a book, a, a book you know, uh, I might agree with 75% that's in that book. 
you know, in 25%, you know, you got to chew the meat and spit out the bones, so to speak. So to speak. So the books that are in there now, kind of take them for what they're worth. But we're going to have one shelf that's kind of recommended reading. And this shelf really speaks into the life of who we are as a church uh, and where we are, not just theologically, but philosophically uh, from a ministry Christian life standpoint. So I wanted to let you guys know about that. You can go in there now, even today after church, if you want to go in there and, and grab a book, you can. Uh, but there's going to be a lot more coming over the next couple weeks. And then hopefully, if not by next Sunday, then the next, we'll have the recommended reading section uh, there as well. So it's going to be a resource to you. So every now and then, like today, I'm going to be reading from a book uh, at the end of uh, today's talk. Every now and then when I read through a book, my plan is also to, have a few, also to have a few of those available in the library. So if you say, man, that sounds great. I think that's really speaking to where I'm at right now. You can go in there and you can grab that. You can read it. And we should ask that you bring it back. No? Throwing the hands up. I, I mean, I literally, I don't Jack? Yeah. Jack, Jack's the tech guy. He could probably figure it out, hopefully. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to press pause on this in the moment. I don't know what happened. So, uh, technical difficulties. Well, maybe that's just because of what we're talking about today. Uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about Psalm 23. But we're going to dive into a couple different aspects of following Jesus of the Christian life that can be a little nuanced uh, and, and the extremes of what we're going to be talking about today uh, are both uh, pervasive in Christian culture and both wrong. So there's this balanced middle that I kind of I'm hoping to land on with a couple of these things we're discussing today. And so even today I usually you know I'm a lot more organized in my notes than I am today because I just wanted to kind of talk from my heart a little bit about some of these topics because they're so nuanced uh, in nature. So I just want to pray this morning that God will speak through me and that what we talk about will be beneficial to each of us uh, and not confusing because that's my, my hope is it to be beneficial and not confusing. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would just guide my words today. God, I pray that as I uh, try to communicate some complicated yet powerful truths about following you, I pray that you would just make it clear, God, that it wouldn't be confusing, that it would be clear, that it would also be beneficial and help each and every one of us grow in our understanding and in our walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A couple weeks ago, uh, my sister-in-law Brooke's younger sister and her husband came and visited. They live in Northern California. They had driven to Florida for a wedding and were passing back through. It was their first time ever coming to Alabama and visiting us here. And we're sitting down eating dinner with them. And all they talked about, probably the first 15, 20 minutes, was how beautiful it was here. And just how green it was and the super tall trees and the hills and just the beauty. You know, and we've lived here for about three years now. And when we first moved here, you know, we had similar reaction. When we first visited, like, man, it's gorgeous. These huge trees everywhere, and it's beautiful, and the undergrowth, and the wildlife. We see the squirrels, and we have deer in our neighborhood. Like, it's beautiful, and it's gorgeous. And then, you know, after living here three years, you just kind of forget. We've lived here, and I drive the same road to my house every single day, and so I don't really notice the beauty surrounding me. I don't notice the trees. And even when all the leaves started coming back, you know, in the, the past two springs, 
as soon as the leaves start coming back on the trees, like every day I'm looking at those trees and like finding new leaves and new spots where they had been, you know, repopulated with leaves in the, in the beauty. But this year I just kind of, you know, I didn't really pay much attention to it. Just drove to my house. And as they were talking about it, I began to think like, oh yeah, it is really beautiful here. Like it's gorgeous. And when we look out from our dining room windows and we see the trees behind us, like that's a scene we haven't seen before. We're living in California and even in Colorado it has its own beauty, but it's different and it was gorgeous. And so the next day when I was driving home, I forced myself to take the same road I take every single time, but to take it in a fresh way. I forced myself to drive a little slower, which is probably good for my neighbors anyways, because we all drive too fast in our neighborhood. To drive a little slower, we get it. Hey, there we go. Thank you, sir. They got it figured out. Appreciate you. And uh, appreciate that someone didn't have to tag and come up here. But Chase, just get ready, because it never happens again, you know. You got to come up and just, you know, figure out what I wrote and just keep going. But I forced myself to look at the trees and to take in the beauty again. To take in the beauty that surrounds me all the time, but I just take for granted. I take it for granted. I take that winding drive with those beautiful trees, the creek that goes by. The, when we go down this one spot, there's this creek. I take it all for granted because I see it so much. As we follow Jesus, as we read Scripture, we can begin to take for granted some of the verses that we've known for years and years and years. That's what this whole series is about. This greatest hit series is saying, you know what, we're going to force ourselves to stop and take a fresh take, a fresh look at verses we've heard a thousand times. Now today might be one of the, you know, uh, most heard verses that you, of your entire childhood if you grew up in church going to Sunday school, and that's Psalm 23. Because if you grew up in Sunday school, grew up going to church, you probably memorized all of Psalm 23 at some point in time. Like it was a thing. We memorized Psalm 23. So Psalm 23, verse 1. And my plan today, like I said in the email, was to cover the whole chapter. But I got to verse 1, and I wrote out, and it was done. So we might go verse 2 next week. We might not. I don't know. But we're supposed to cover the whole chapter, verse 1. I wrote it uh, here in three different translations, just so we can see kind of the nuance to the ending there. But the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And when I was a kid, I memorized Psalm 23. And in all honesty, I just skipped over verse 1. I mean, I knew it, but there's so many powerful phrases in Psalm 23 that verse 1 was just like, seemed like the setup. Like, ah, he's just setting it up, so I just kind of skipped over it. It didn't really mean anything to me. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. It meant nothing. I was like, well, I'm going to get to the valley of the shadow of death because that sounds way cooler to a 10-year-old boy, you know? Like, I'm going to get to, like, your rod and thy staff. They comfort me. I memorized New King James, so there's lots of these and thous and thys. But uh, verse 1 isn't just, like, the preamble. Isn't just the setup. Verse 1 sets the stage for the entire chapter. David says, look, we have to understand the, the, the depth of what this means before the rest of it is even going to make sense. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. If you're taking notes today, the first thing I'd have you write down is that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Just let the weight of that sit for a moment. The creator of all things. The author of 
of all life is your shepherd. Not just the collective shepherd for the body of Christ. Not the collective shepherd for the church, you know, the family of Jesus. But you personally, he is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, A pastor uh, that I served under for many years in Colorado, uh, J.R., he used to have us go through a practice of personalizing psalms and prayers. When you personalize psalms and prayers, it can be a really uh, uh, healthy kind of practice, but also a really transformative experience. So right now, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you, you can do it quietly or you can do it out loud, but in a moment, we're going to read this, and I want you to personalize it. I want you to tell God, say, Lord, you are my shepherd. So just... You want to close your eyes? You want to keep them open? Whatever you want to do, we're going to say it with me. All right? The Lord is my, like, you're going to say, Lord, you are my shepherd. Here we go. One, two, three. Lord, you are my shepherd. God is my shepherd. What does that mean? What does it mean for God to be my personal shepherd? Shepherd. What is a shepherd? A shepherd is someone who takes care of sheep. A shepherd is someone who spends night and day in the fields with the sheep, making sure they have the food that they need, making sure that they're protected from their enemies, making sure that when the wolves come out of the forest to try and uh, kill a sheep, the shepherd is there to kill that wolf so the sheep are safe. Who is the shepherd? The provider, the protector. Who's the shepherd? The one who cares about the sheep the most. Here's the thing about sheep. They're really dumb. I don't know if you knew this. Like, no one's training sheep, you know, to jump out of the water. That's dolphins, right? No one's training sheep to, to sit and roll over. That's dogs. Like, no one trains sheep to do anything. They're dumb. Like, by themselves, they would, just, they would get in all kinds of trouble. They'd be filthy, nasty, dirty all the time. And then they would be dead really quickly because something would eat them because they're dumb, they're slow, they're not fast. And David says, God, in my life, I'm a sheep. Without you, I'm nothing. Without you, I can't feed myself. I can't stay clean. I can't stay alive. You are my shepherd. What he's saying is my entire being, my entire worth, all that I am is in your hands. You guide me, you lead me, where I'm supposed to go. You are my shepherd. What does it mean for God to be our personal shepherd? Well, Jesus talked a lot about this in John 10. See, sometimes in uh, Christian culture, we can kind of have this separation between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And there's this like, well, things that are in the Old Testament only applied to back then. But all the Scripture is profitable for doctrine, instruction, rebuke, as Paul says. So all Scripture, Old and New Testament is important. But sometimes when we look at this kind of this Old Testament vernacular, sheep, shepherd, we can think, well, that was an Old Testament thousands of years ago type of thing. But no, no, New Testament, Jesus talked all about being the shepherd to the sheep. Jesus says, I, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. He goes on. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep, they recognize 
his voice. The sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. God wants to call you by name. He wants to speak and you know his voice and then him lead you out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. And my sheep, they know me. Just as my father knows me, and I know the father. Think about that for a moment. He's saying the sheep, us, we know the shepherd just as the father knows the shepherd. We are to know Jesus the way the father knows Jesus. The way the Father knows Jesus, that's intimate relationship, that's the kind of relationship that's offered to us with Jesus. And that I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. And then in verse 27, John 10 still, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. See, God is active in his creation. He's given us his Holy Spirit to be our guide, to lead us in all truth. He's given us his Holy Spirit to talk to us, to speak to us. Listen to me on this. We can all hear God's voice in our lives. We can all hear God's voice in our lives. Now, I want to talk for a few minutes, or maybe a lot of minutes, I don't know. I want to talk for a little bit about hearing the voice of God. Uh, hearing the voice of God is one of those things that, I mean, the the information that you can find out there is so varied and vast, it can get really confusing really quick. Uh, There's people who sit on this side that basically are like, you you can't ever really hear God's voice in your life. The only way you can do that is by reading Scripture. And there's people over here that are like, you can hear God's voice tell you what to eat for breakfast every morning. And if you're not listening to his voice, then you're not a Christian type of thing. Like, there's, there's both extremes here. All right? Uh, there's people on this side that are like, you can, use, you can use hearing God's voice to get what you want. And there's people over here who's like, you can't hear God's voice. None of us can. We, the only way we can do that is. So we're going to try to talk about a healthy way to experience hearing God's voice. Because we know, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. He's very clear. I want my sheep to know me the way that me and the Father know each other. When I call, They listen. So God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear his voice in your life, directing you and telling you which way to go. If you are a follower of Jesus, you can hear God's voice in your life, and he wants you to. You don't need to have a special gift, some type of hyper-spirituality, some type of spiritual gift to hear the voice of God in your life that mere mortals don't possess. Like, you don't have to be some hyper-spiritual person that prays hours and hours and hours every day that knows the word backwards and forwards, front and back. No. If you're following Jesus, he wants to speak to you and you can hear his voice. We can all hear his voice and we should want to. We should want to hear his voice. We should desire to hear his voice speaking to us, guiding us, and directing us. You know, some of us haven't even wanted to. We've been ashamed of our mistakes. We've been ashamed of our sins from the past. And we haven't wanted to hear God's voice because we've been afraid. We've been afraid that God's, if we were to hear God's voice, that he would be mad at us and angry because of our mistakes. Let me tell you, 
God's voice is so grace-filled. It is so reassuring, purpose-giving, and fun-loving. And when you hear his voice, it brings peace. Even God's voice of conviction, meaning when we've done something wrong and he convicts us of our sin, in his kindness leading us to repentance, it's a grace-filled conviction. When we've made a mistake and we feel shame and complete and utter guilt, there's this thing called condemnation, which is different than conviction. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit and it is grace-filled leading us to God. Condemnation is shame and guilt-filled leading us away from God. Some of us haven't even wanted to hear God's voice, but he wants to speak to us. His voice is so grace-filled, so loving, and so kind. And let me tell you, hearing the Lord speak to you, it feeds your soul. It feeds our souls when he speaks to us. You know, there's all uh, kinds of ways to hear God's voice speak. You know, when people ask me over the years, many times, like, when you hear God speak to you, when you hear his voice, is it audible? No. I've never heard, like, this booming, audible voice that came from the clouds that was like, Nathan, go to Alabama and plant a church. No. Like, it's not audible, but there are times where I've heard the whisper of God. Sometimes uh, we hear God's voice through the whisper in the back of our heads, in the back of our minds. Others hear God's voice through feelings. There's the, there's the feeler. They just, they feel, and there's this, they're, trying to make a decision and one just feels wrong, it feels off, and another just feels pure and feels right. That's a feeling, that's an impression, and God can speak to us in that way. God's spoken to me many times that way. Uh, And I don't have time to go into, oh my goodness, I've already used a lot of time. I'm not even like, there's so much here. We might do two weeks on this. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I've heard God speak to me through a whisper, and I've heard him through feeling, and also, there's what's called like the knower. Like you just know in your knower. Like there's this sense of like, I just know. I know that I know that I know. That's the way that God speaks to a lot of people. They just have like this internal knowing. And it's like, well, when I don't know, it's, it's not necessarily God and I can make it. But there's times where I just know and that's God. Like I just know it in my knower. Uh, there's also people who are writers, you know, that they write down, they journal and write. And through that writing, God begins to speak to them through writing. And they even write things that they didn't necessarily think, and they just know that's God speaking and leading through them. There's also readers, people, as they, uh, you know, read scripture or read things that they just, there's certain phrases that pop out, impressions, and that's God speaking to them. God wants to speak to you, and he will use all kinds of ways to speak to you. God will speak to you through a song on the radio that has nothing to do with him. Like, he'll use other people who don't even know him to speak to us. God wants to speak to you, and he has all kinds of ways to do that. There's not like this one-size-fits-all way of hearing God's voice. But the Lord is my shepherd. He is your shepherd. He wants to lead you and guide you with his still, small voice. Hearing God's voice takes practice. Like, it takes practice. It takes time and energy to be able to discern what's God's voice and what's just my own inner thoughts and my own desires. It takes practice. I read a book a number of years ago. I can't remember who wrote it and what it was called, but I can look it up. It's in there somewhere uh, in that library in there. Uh, But he talked about that he went through the season of of practicing hearing God's voice, and God actually talked to him about going on walks, and he would go on walks at night. And the whole purpose of the walk is just to practice and to hear God's voice. Hearing God's voice takes practice. Hearing God's voice takes hunger. If we're not desiring to hear God's voice, we probably won't hear God's voice, even though he's speaking. If we don't desire to hear him, even if he's speaking, we probably won't hear him. Now, there are times where, whether we're listening or not, whether we want to or not, God's going to get our attention. 
and he speaks to us. But by and large, hearing God's voice, it, it takes hunger. You know, sadly, uh, Christians have gotten this wrong so many times. So, 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 so many times have we gotten hearing the voice of God wrong. And I don't know about you, but for me, just being brutally honest, when I see someone get it really, really wrong, I tend to, sh- to, to back away, to shy away from even hearing God's voice in my own life. When I see someone get it so wrong, I'm like, that was definitely not God speaking to you. That was totally you. It, some, it causes me to kind of back up and just question like, ooh, like, but I trusted them and, and I feel like they're a good leader and then they totally missed it. Does that, like, can, can I, does this, is this like a real thing? Can I really hear God's voice in my life? We've gotten it wrong so many times that because of the wrong, we have these extremes. And neither extreme is right. God speaks to his people. But God never speaks something to his people that are contrary to his word. Like, he never tells us anything that's different than what he's written in his word. I'm going to be really honest. We don't really talk about politics. This is not my notes. I don't know why I'm getting into this. But during the political season last year, there's all kinds of people that came out with like, quote unquote, and I put quote unquote uh, on it, prophecies about what was going to take place. And it infuriated me. It's like, then it didn't happen. I was like, what does that mean? So does that mean you don't hear, like you didn't hear God, like you just made it up? You know, in the Old Testament, like, I don't know why I'm talking about it, but in the Old Testament, if a prophet got it wrong, they were killed, right? Like, that's not good. That's not good. Thankfully, we don't live in the Old Testament. There's a lot of grace because we're all going to miss it. But when people have gotten it wrong and they've missed it, personally, it's caused me to kind of, like, whoa, let's, 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 let's back up a little bit. Maybe we should give uh, hearing the voice of God in our lives a little bit more reverence, a, a little bit less mm, what we want to happen type of thing, and a little bit more of, okay, God, whatever you say. There's a story in Jeremiah 42 and 43, and the there's some people of Israel, they're running away from the exile because they're, they're being conquered by Babylon, and they go to Jeremiah, who's a prophet. They go to Jeremiah, and they say, Jeremiah, tell us what to do. We're, we're on our way to Egypt. Are we supposed to go to Egypt, or are we supposed to stay? And they say, whatever you, whatever you tell us the Lord says, we are going to do, because we just want to know what the Lord says. Jeremiah goes and prays. He asks the Lord, and God tells Jeremiah, tell these people to stay in the land, don't go to Egypt. If you stay in the land, you're going to prosper. Things are going to be okay. You're going to be safe. If you go to Egypt, you're all going to die. It's going to be terrible. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but generally, that's the thing. Then Jeremiah goes to them, and he says, if you go to Egypt, you're all going to die. If you stay here, you're all going to be safe, but I already know you're not going to listen to me because you don't really care what the Lord says. You're going to do what you want anyways. And then the people are like, you're lying. You didn't hear God at all. So they go to Egypt, and they all die, and it comes true. And how many times do we do that when it comes to hearing the voice of God in our lives? Like, I know what I want, so I'm going to go and I'm going to ask God for confirmation of what I want. And then I'm going to act like God told me to get what I want. Instead of saying, okay, God, I'm not looking for confirmation of my desires or my feelings. I'm approaching you honestly and openly in whatever direction you say. I'm going to listen to you and say, God, it's up to you. And when God says, this is the way. This is where I want you to go. You're supposed to go left or right. Don't take that job. Take that job. Don't do that. Don't move. Move. Take your kids here. Don't take your kids. Whatever it is, say, okay, God, regardless of my pro and con list, regardless of my desires, 
I'm going to be open. Whatever you say, I'm going to trust you. And really what it comes down to is trust. Because we think, in our humanity, we think that we know how our lives should go. We think we know. We think we have a real, we think we're smart. We think like, I know how my life should go. So I'm going to pray and ask God to continue allowing me to make all my own decisions. Because I know. Here's one of the things that I've learned. I'm still learning and will continue to learn probably until I die because I'm stubborn. All the Headleys are. We're just stubborn people. That includes those who weren't named Headley before they became Headley. But uh, we're all stubborn. Here's something I've learned and will continue to learn. We'll keep learning. If I got two options, and I think option A is best, but God says option B is best, option B is best. Even if it doesn't seem like it, even if it seems worse, it's best. Because God's best is best for me. Whatever God's best is, that's what's best for me. So getting to this place, we're saying, okay, God, I want to hear your voice in my life, but I'm open to whatever you say, and I'm going to listen intently. And then, so after we feel like we've heard God's voice, that's when we seek confirmation. See, we don't go to God to ask for confirmation of our desires, our feelings, our thoughts. We go to God and seek direction. We seek guidance, provision, protection, all that stuff. Then we seek confirmation once we feel we have heard his voice. The first place we go to confirmation, for confirmation is his word. God will never say something in contrary to his word. After that, there is nothing wrong with asking God to confirm what he's spoken to you. Now, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe it's just the way I grew up. But for some reason, the whole story of Gideon and the fleece got a really bad rap when I was growing up. People would even say, like, Preachers and teachers from the stage were like, Gideon needed a fleece to know what God was saying. I was like, well, maybe that's okay. Like, it's in there for a reason. And guess what? Gideon went out, and he did what God wanted him to do. There's nothing wrong with saying, okay, God, I feel like I'm hearing you, but this is so contrary to what I would have done on my own. Would you confirm it in some ways? There's nothing wrong with asking God to do that. There's been many times I didn't ask God for that because I didn't need it. There's been many times where I ask God very clearly for confirmation. Okay, God, this seems really big. I'm going to ask you for confirmation. And then, uh, the hardest part, waiting. Just waiting. Just waiting. Okay, God, I'm going to wait. I've made so many mistakes by not waiting, by just deciding. I know what's best. We're trying to hire someone, you know, years back, we got to get someone. Like, we're trying to hire a worship leader. We're trying to plant this church, launch this church. Not this one, it was a different one. We're trying to hire somebody. It's like, well, and God very clearly made it clear to me in my own prayer time that the person that I was trying to hire was not the right person for the job. Made it very clear. But I just disregarded it. Because I was like, we got to have somebody. I can't lead worship and preach, and do setup. Like, I can't do it. we got to have somebody. He's the only option we got right now. This person's the only option. So we hired him. It was terrible. Worst hiring decision I've ever made. And it was clear, very quickly, to all of us, everybody included, this was not a good fit, and it didn't work out. Within a couple months, it was bad. It was all my fault. It was all my fault. Because God was speaking to me, but I thought I knew best. And then when God said, no, I asked for confirmation, 
And I received it, but then I couldn't bring myself to wait on God to bring another answer. God wants to speak to us. Every single follower of Jesus can hear God's voice. We do need to treat hearing his voice with some reverence. So, once God's spoken to us and we feel like we've heard him, seek confirmation from his word. Seek confirmation from things that we can't control. And then, I'm going to say after that, go and seek godly counsel. I have a lot of really wise people in my life who I love dearly. I have some close friends. I've been very blessed to have some deep, deep friendships. But I also, I know their temperaments because we've been friends for so long. I know when I need the truth and someone to just talk sense into me, I go to Paul. When I need encouragement, I go to Ryan. When I need some sound advice about being a pastor, I go to Ricky. And so if I'm trying to make a decision and I want it to be a yes, I'm going to go to the person who's going to bring encouragement. If I want it to be a no, I'm going to go to the person who's going to bring truth. It's like I know who to go to. So sometimes we can even like manipulate and control what we want by seeking godly counsel because we know what those people are going to say. So I'm saying like, Go to the Word first, go into prayer, ask God for confirmation that we've heard His voice, that He's leading us. Then after that, seek some godly counsel. But even when seeking godly counsel, maybe instead of saying, hey, i got to make a decision, here's all the pros and cons, here's the advice, maybe just saying, hey, you know what, would you pray with me on some stuff? Because godly people, they also hear His voice. There's a group of intercessors that pray over our church, uh, this Vine Church since we started. A group of people who are, don't even live in Alabama, and they, all they do is pray for us. Man, there's been so many times I'm trying to make a decision, I'm trying to pray about something, and I don't even tell the intercessors we're praying about it. I just say, would you guys pray with us? We're trying to make some decisions. And then out of nowhere, we'll get some text or email like, hey, as I was praying, I, I don't know if this means anything, but I kind of had this impression, this picture of mine, and they sent it, and it's like, that was God. That's the answer. That's the confirmation we needed. Now we can go forward. And whenever we get confirmation, it gives us confidence of like, you know what? Not only confidence that we're going in the right direction, but also confidence that God does speak to us. But I will also be really, really clear. I've missed it so many times. So when it comes to hearing God's voice, there are some wrong ways that we treat hearing God's voice. And I'm going to talk about these these four things really quickly, but I'm going to use the word I because I've made all these mistakes, but also so I'm never accusing anyone or anything else, all right? When it comes to hearing God's voice, I've manufactured it. I've manufactured it. I've wanted God to say something, so I've prayed, read scriptures, talked to counsel, and I've manufactured hearing God's voice. I feel like this is, when, I've, when I say I'm manufactured, it's like I wanted something to happen, and then I prayed and read and did like ball, and everything I did was so that this would happen and didn't really Pay attention if that was God's voice. I've manufactured it. I've misused it. I've misused hearing God's voice before. Or maybe even God spoke to me something that was supposed to be between the two of us that I shared and shouldn't have shared. I've misused it. There's been times, I haven't done this in a long time because I've realized the consequence, but I stood up and said, I prayed and this is what God's telling us to do. And so we did it. And then three weeks later, it didn't work out. I was like, There's a reason for it, you know? Like, I misused it. Maybe that wasn't God. Maybe that was just me. Because that's what I wanted to happen. I've missed it. There's been times where I completely missed it. Where I thought, I'm not misusing it. I'm not manufacturing it. I really thought, this is what God was directing. And it didn't work. And I was like, oh, I just, I missed it. I remember back, I was 30. I think I was 30, 29 or 30. Senior pastor of our first church in Oregon. And I prayed 
and prayed. Felt like God spoke something. We went and did it. Did not work at all. And I remember calling my old senior pastor in Colorado, JR. And I was like, JR, what, what do you do like when you feel like you've heard God's voice? But it just didn't work out. The first thing he said, he goes, realize that you're human and you missed it. Because I was trying to like figure it all out. Well, maybe, like, well, well, God really, and this. And he's like, no, 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 Nathan, stop trying to figure it out. You just missed it. Like, you thought you heard something you didn't hear. That's okay. I'm like, no. Like, I heard God. He's like, no, you didn't. You missed it. I've manufactured. I've missed it. I've misused it. And there's been times I've just been, I've refused to listen to it. I just refused to listen to it. I knew God was leading me in a direction and pressing something upon me, and I just refused because that's not what I wanted. It never worked out well. There's a whole other section, and it's 1103. So we're just going to let it go at that point. We'll call, we will talk about part two of Psalm 23.1 next week. Hopefully, walking out of today, you'll know a few things. One, God honestly desires to speak to you. Jesus is your shepherd. If you are a follower of Jesus, he wants you to know his voice. He wants you to know his voice. But knowing his voice takes practice. Now, I said it earlier, you don't have to know the Bible backwards and forwards to hear God's voice. But the more you know of God's word, the better you can hear God's voice. Because the word is the only perfect voice of God in our lives. We're all human and we miss it. Every spiritual leader, every uh, wonderful, gifted man, woman, or child who hear God's voice is human and they're going to miss it. The Word never misses it. So we go to the Word. The more the Word we know, the more we can hear His voice, the more we can recognize His voice from our own. The more of the Word we know, the more we can distinguish when it's God speaking and when it's us or when it's somebody else, other factors. There's lots of times trying to pray and make decisions. The voice of my parents are in the back of my head. My parents are wonderful. They're loving. They're kind. They directed me in the way that I should go. And because of that, I hear their voice when I make decisions. I hear their training and their teaching, you know? And sometimes, not often, I know they listen and watch, not often, but a couple times, God has led me and directed me away from what they would have said was conventional wisdom. And I got confirmation, and it was definitely God. The more the word we know, the more we can distinguish God's voice from others in our lives. There are well-meaning people, great Christian people who will lead us astray not because they're bad people, not because they have bad intentions, just because they haven't prayed about it. They're just talking out of their humanity. And that's okay. That's why we're, It's all messy, and it's okay that it's a little bit messy. I was wrapping it up. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you speak to us. We thank you that you've given us your word to guide us, and to be our ultimate litmus test of anything we hear in worship, in prayer, in quiet time. God, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that out of this morning, each of us would walk away from here knowing that we can hear you, that you desire to speak to us, that you will guide us, and that when we listen to your voice and we do what you've asked us to do, it is always, always best for us. 
God, but also pray that we would treat hearing your voice with reverence, with a holy fear, which we don't talk a lot about in our culture today, but with a holy fear and a holy reverence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we'll get into the rest of this next week, and we'll use our connection card and all that. Uh, But today, we're going to break up into discussion groups. Uh, Chase is going to come up, kind of give us some direction as we discuss this today. And uh, uh, hopefully, today was beneficial. I didn't feel as concise, and I didn't have like a one, two, three, and all that stuff today. But... uh, and then also, we're going to go into, our, our youth is going to go into the prayer room and discuss. Chase is going to lead youth today. So, uh, I love you all, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go from here.